All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com, a.k.a. America's Sportsbook. Go check it out. There's a link in the episode description. Go deposit $50 on their site. But, Tanner, how are you doing, man? This is a safe place. This is a safe place. How are you doing, man? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have stolen all of my happiness and joy in life. Your mojo uh, is gone. Yeah, yeah. Time, it's times are hard out here. Hey, well, there's some other stuff to talk about. You know, thankfully the trading deadline was this week, so it's not all just you know the universe revolving around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and them being three and five. So, I had one last shot there for you. But uh, well, trading we're deadline wins again. <laughs> Trading. Ah, there it is. Week one. Week one. Now I have to remind you that to keep your spirits high. Tanner, you beat us week one. Don't worry about it, man. You're going to try. <laughs> Either way, the deadline came and passed, and it was not a usual NFL trading deadline. We had a, a great deal of moves, and we're going to break, break down pretty much all of them, all the ones worth talking about at least. And then here to wrap up in the first half, power rankings. We have to check back in on our power rankings because we are now – crazy to say halfway through the nfl season kind of i'm gonna put it at halfway roughly halfway through the regular season at least there's 18 regular season weeks yeah 18 upcoming week is week nine so we're gonna i'm gonna put it at halfway and you know wishful thing you know wishful thinking and we got to break down who we think are the 10 best teams in football through eight weeks going into week nine of the nfl season then tanner's second half of the show Positive energy, right? Just positive energy heading, heading, heading to that direction. Yeah, like I said, just pretty much all positiveness is gone. Uh, just went one and three last week at picks of the week. We're back-to-back we're, weeks. We're going back to this terrible segment in the second half. <laughs> I love I, it, man. I went three and one. <laughs> uh, try to end just the terrible streak I've been on. And then to wrap up the show, there's people that are – Having it worse than me, Steve Nash got fired from the Brooklyn Nets, and Ame Udoka was hired from the Celtics, or kind of from the Celtics. We got to break that down. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about to wrap up the show. We have some opinions on that, but uh, yeah, I went three and one. I think it's a, a wonderful segment we do in the second half of the show. But moving on, there's nowhere to go but up. Moving on. It seems oh, no, like I can still go down. I no, could go right. no, you're right. There is room to go down, actually. There is one spot to go lower on the totem pole. Hopefully, we don't get there. But uh, in other news, okay, it seems like we just witnessed what could be, in my opinion, the biggest trading deadline in NFL history. I think yeah. people are going to come out with, like, number, like, as far as total trades, number of picks that were traded, players that were traded, teams involved. Yeah, it was a huge trade deadline, kind of uncharacteristically of the NFL because the NFL and their playbooks are super complex and different from other playbooks that a midseason trade, it's hard to get those plays down for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Then you just score passing, (laughs) receiving and rushing touchdowns. Your second game. (laughs) So, yeah, so it, that's why I feel like you see less trades in the NFL than you do in other sports because it's harder to 
adapt from team to team than it is yeah. in other leagues where like just because I think there's more people on the field, that's like why. Like it's no, more complex. I agree. It is more complex, 100%. It's more complex. You have so many people out there going different areas, doing different things. It's one of the most complex sports to jump in and play. That's right. That's why you have all those OTAs and preseason, get everyone ready for the season, make sure they're up to, up to speed with everything, right? But how many, I, I don't have a number. Like this was, like you said, this was a different kind of trading deadline. In the NFC, just kind of break it down, put, in, put it into a context for you guys. In the NFC, you know, those teams, it seems completely wide open. You know, you know the Eagles are unproven. The 49ers have. Oh, very good. Yeah, but very good. But they're unproven. You know, so it's like we are, we are hesitant to crown them already. Say, so, okay, you got to go through Philadelphia. They're unproven. The Niners have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, so the weakest at the quarterback position as far as all the other contenders go. And then Tampa Bay and Green Bay have been struggling, right? And, they, the, and the Rams. And the, Thank you. And the Rams. All the other top teams have been struggling so far. So the NFC does seem somewhat up for grabs right now. And then in the AFC, teams are trying to catch up, you know, to teams like the Chiefs and the Bills. You know, they're trying to catch up to Miami, or sorry, catch up to Buffalo, catch up to Kansas City. Like I just said there, the Miami Dolphins, man, they were busy. They were making some moves. One, I would say this is probably the biggest move as far as like total things that were that were packaged, probably of the day was Bradley Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins. What was your thought process when this thing first came out? I was not expecting this. I was especially on the Broncos side for them to unload one of their better defenders, if not best defenders. Like, wow, you know, I think maybe this is because they need some picks after the whole Russell Wilson trade. But what did you think when you saw it? Yeah, I think it pointed more to the side of the Broncos being a selling team. I think some people thought maybe Bradley Chubb wouldn't be moved since they won on Sunday in London. But I think that just shows that the Broncos don't really believe in this year's team. And if you can trade a guy for multiple picks and build for the future after you just mortgaged your entire future for Russell Wilson, it kind of makes sense for the Broncos. And then for the Dolphins, they add a premier pass rusher that can chase after Josh Allen in division, which Patrick Mahomes, if you have to match up against him in the playoffs, you know, which you you desperately need. We saw what Tampa Bay did when they faced Patrick, right? Pressured the crap out of him. That was the worst game we saw Patrick Mahomes play. That was the most pressure we saw, you know, coming at him in his career in his professional career, at least. Right. So they see that like, okay, we are 21st. Okay, in in rushing the passer, we have got to get better. And they go and get a guy who's third this season in pass rush win rate. Okay, he is third just behind Micah Parsons, the defensive player of the year, and Miles Garrett. Are they any good? (laughs) I don't know if you guys watch the NFL, but those are pretty – those are okay players. Those are okay players. It's no disrespect to be behind them in any kind of statistical category, right? So he's third behind them and getting to the quarterback. And and then, like I said, they're 21st in that category. So they go and address what could be the weakest part of their team. One of. Yeah, one of, right? And go get a player who's more than capable of filling that spot. Uh, is going to improve that spot. And also they went and got, uh, I think it's like Jeff Wilson uh, from, from San Fran, who, you know, they, they, they got rid of Edmonds, who they paid this offseason. Wilson's going to be cheaper. And so far this year, from, from what we've seen, Wilson's been the more 
effective back from what we've seen so far this year. So go get cheaper and go get more effective. I I liked what Miami did here. I did. Yeah, adding Jeff Wilson to a backfield that already has Raheem Mostert just really is just being a 49er homer from Mike McDaniel. <laughs> That's good. I didn't even think of that. That's good. That's so true. Oh, my gosh. Right. He's like, but, hey, I've seen these guys play before. Hey, I, I know how they like to play. I know how to put them in the positions to make them succeed, right? So there you go. It makes sense. I love what McDaniels is doing so far in Miami. But for me, that was the one I had to bring up right away was the Dolphins taking a swing, trying to catch up a little bit, defensively at least, with the Chiefs and with the Bills. Yeah, yeah. I think Bradley Chubb is probably the biggest move of the day, but definitely not the the only move. No, so also talking about defense, Roquan Smith was traded to Baltimore. Okay, this guy leads the league. I think he leads the league in, t- in total tackles so far this season. This guy so. is all over the field. Okay, he's he's all over the field. He's making plays. They traded Roquan Smith to Baltimore. They got a second-round pick for him. Okay, they got a second-round pick and then some. And then they got Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers. What about Chicago? What are your thoughts on what the Bears did? The Bears also got rid of uh, what's his name, um, who they got to Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, thank you. Also, so you, Robert Quinn. So you trade away the biggest or the most tackles in the NFL. You yes. trade away the second leading sacker from the NFL last year. You trade a second round pick for Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. and you could have had a variety of good players with second round picks. Oh yeah. In the years prior, they had, like, I don't know. I feel like second-round pick for Chase Claypool might be a little high when I'm seeing what other receivers are going for. I wouldn't have given up a two for Chase Claypool. I wouldn't have given up personally more than, like, a, a three is reaching. I'd be comfortable with, like, a four. I'd be comfortable with a four or a three. Like, I'm, I would I'm, not do a two. Like, I'm not a casual, so I know that the reason players go for different trade value is for one the position they play and two the amount of money that they're going to make and how they need and how they need how how they need them right now or like you know can we but i'd rather have position but i'd rather have roquan smith on my team than chase claypool and you got essentially the same value you got a second round pick but you have to pay roquan smith he's up for a contract so you don't want to pay roquan you just paid why am I blanking on who they just sent to the Eagles? I, I forgot his name again. Robert um, Quinn. Robert Quinn, thank you. He was a Cowboy Fuser. Had 10 sacks for us when got paid by Chicago at 18 sacks with them. It's an half. Uh, you all, I keep forgetting that freaking half, dude. You, you're going to remind me every single time. <laughs> you're, you're right, though. So it's okay. Why are you getting, getting, getting rid of some of your best players? And then, like you said, why? money's got to be one of the biggest, but you don't want to pay Roquan Smith. You're tired of paying, you know, it hasn't been too productive so far. I know we had 18 sacks last year, but it hasn't been so productive so far this year. Get cheaper, go get draft picks, go get a receiver to help your, your quarterback today. That's tomorrow. And just feels just look good the last few weeks. Oh, so, the past three weeks, as a, you know, a month ago, people are saying they're saying Justin Fields, maybe shouldn't even play today. People are changing their opinions a bit on Justin Fields. Or at least they they should be. I would say if they yeah. were that far back on him, they should be. 
I really think, though, if you're a Bears fan, it's a net positive from the trade deadline. Yeah. You got rid of two big contracts. You have over $100 million in cap space next year yep. that you can spend to go offensive get. line. That you can spend to go get offensive <laughs> linemen. More receivers. Another receiver. Because Chase Claypool is not the answer as a number one receiver. No. But he could be, he'd be a number two, number three receiver. Yep. So you, 100%. But you now have Mooney, who can be a three as well. So you have a couple of nice you know, depth pieces for your wide receiver core, but you still are missing that go-to number one guy who you have money for now, who you have money for. So I, I agree. I overall take it as a positive for the Bears. I like it. Yeah, yeah and a few more trades that happened over this uh, trade deadline. TJ yeah. Hawkinson traded in division to the Vikings. In division. I think – it makes a lot of sense with Irv Smith being ruled out the rest of the year. TJ Hawkinson is still an upgrade over him. So long-term, that is your tight end. I imagine if TJ Hawkinson is not already paid, he's going to get paid. That's kind of how these mm-hmm. trades work. Whenever you get traded to a team, they extend you. I expect that to happen, especially if you're on a rookie deal like he is. I loved uh, it for the Vikings, dude. Loved it for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, it just adds another weapon to this team that I think they're looking at themselves. They're six and one. They think this NFC is kind of wide open. The one seed is still up for grabs. Like they're six and one. They're one game back from Philadelphia. But like tiebreaker to Philly. Tiebreaker to Philly. Philly. So they're gonna have to. No, I know. But like it's still up for grabs. The one seed is up for grabs yeah. in the NFC. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I think they're saying. We can win this conference if we get just a little bit better. Let's go out and get a little bit better. And they went and got TJ Hawkinson, whose receiving numbers might not jump off the page, but he's an excellent blocker as well. I think their run game needs to kind of take a step up. This could be a big addition to help that. No, I love the move for the Vikings. And then what I think of is like, okay, for the Lions, similar to what we've seen from other teams, they're not in a they're on a playoff team. They know, hey, why are we going to pay this guy? We're still in the rebuild. Let's continue to revamp this thing. Let's go and get picks while we can. That's kind of the mindset. Why pay a guy max amount? Let's keep our books open while we continue this rebuild. Is kind of what the Lions are saying here with this move. But trading him in division too, either you're wanting the best for T.J. Hawkinson, right? Putting him, getting him to a good team. Or you're saying, "Hey, we don't buy the Vikings at all. We don't care to send. We don't care to send you there." Those are the two thoughts that I get. Them sending them in division. They're like, "Okay, we don't. We don't care to send you guys. Send them to Minnesota, you know. But uh, we're not going to send him. We're not going to send him to Green Bay. <laughs> that's for sure. We're not going to give Aaron Rodgers Hawkinson. That's for sure, right? So that's one of the things I thought. I thought too. But that's going to be one tough offense to stop. That's going to be one very even yeah, tougher. Than where they yeah, are. Just throws a guy in the middle to get away. And like maybe that draws a little bit of coverage away from Justin Jefferson. That I don't know. Kind of need because I think teams are keying on him pretty hard. How about Justin Jefferson not having a touchdown since week one? That's nuts. That's nuts, dude. And like they're still putting up points, though. So it just kind of yeah. shows you that they're moving the ball around. That's an overall good offense, great offense, and they're not just relying on one guy. You know, so that's crazy he hasn't scored, though. That's crazy. They got to look for him more in those red zone opportunities. They have got to because – and not that they're, like, struggling. They're 6-1. and one. Like, it's not like, okay, you're, you're, you're missing this huge part. You're struggling because of it. No, but, like, you know, fantasy owners at least are saying, yo, give me some more. You know, we need some more tutties out here. We need some more points. But 
there were a lot of nice moves. Uh, the Jags went out and tried to improve, you know, help their help their young quarterback. Similar to what the Bears did with Justin Fields, they went they went and trade for Calvin Ridley. And when it's all said and done, it doesn't seem like they gave up that much for a player who has high upside. Yeah, I think it was either a fifth or sixth round that's for sure going, and then, and then a future a, second and, maybe, right? And then a conditional pick. It is it's a sixth round pick if he doesn't make the team and he never plays, and then it's like a sixth round pick if he gets reinstated by a certain date, and a fourth round pick if it's by another date. So it's and a it's lot third of round right. pick if he makes the team, and it's a second round pick if he takes the field opening day next year. Okay, so worst case scenario, you up a second round pick for Calvin Ridley. And maybe a sixth, okay, maybe a sixth overall pick for Calvin Ridley when the Steelers give up a second overall pick for Chase Clay. Second round pick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Round, not overall. God, no, overall. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, to the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Can you imagine? It's um, like Chase Claypool <laughs> and his TikTok account. Yeah, both. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a joint, joint deal there. But when this guy is healthy in 2020, third. 1,500 receiving yards. Like, this guy can play. He can be a number one for Trevor Lawrence. I love it by the Jacks. Love it by the Jacks. Being aggressive. I like it. Yeah. I, Any other big moves you kind of want to look at before we move on? No, I think we we hit on We hit James on McCaffrey Robinson. last week. We hit on James Robinson. Robinson hit on, was last um, week, I think, McCaffrey. as well. Yeah, you know, I like I like Robinson going to the Jets. I have him in fantasy, so I could use some more points. Please use him more in New. <laughs> please, New York, use him. Please, please, please. But uh, nah, nothing too big. Uh, I thought though overall, I was like, wow, I am getting alert after alert, and this is the NFL trading deadline. Like, what? What? Yeah, it was seems, awesome. It was a great thing. Strange. I was just at work today, and I just kept checking my phone, being like, wait. So and so's getting traded. Like, yeah, and I woke I thought, up to Steve like, Nash I, being fired. I too. Felt like Adam Schefter at work today. I was just like dropping news to my coworkers, and they're just like, "Are you kidding me?" That's how I was. I was getting, I was to getting my re- fiance. Oh, I can say fiance now. Like, by the way, that's how I was there. I was like, "Oh, this happened. This happened. This happened." Like, what? Uh, I, I, I woke up to Steve Nash being fired too. Like, like that's the kind of day it was. You know, big sports day today. Let's move on. And talk about another big thing, sports rankings, power rankings. Some, you know, something we love talking about. Other people love talking about where this guy got it wrong, where this guy got it right, whatever. We're about halfway through the NFL season as we approach uh, approach week nine. So let's check back in. We did preseason power rankings, and now let's do midseason power rankings, right? Check in on who we believe to be the 10 best teams in the NFL and Tanner, I think we should do one through ten because I think the bottom half of the top ten might be more interesting to, to talk about than the top half. I think there's a little talk about it both. No, there is, but I think we kind of know who the top three teams are. So I, I know. But I think so, the order of those three teams matters. So let's start with it then. Let's dive right into it. Go right to number one and say who is the best team in football. One's undefeated. You know, a couple look great, but they've lost a game or two. Tanner File, who's the best team in football going into week nine? I think it's probably the Buffalo Bills. They have been incredible on both sides of the ball. When Josh Allen is on, he just looks better at football than everybody else. And then this defense is one of, if not the best defense in the league. They got Stephon Diggs just catching touchdowns on everybody. Like Gabe Davis getting an 80-yard, 90-yard. Yeah, 
where is the weak point of this team? I guess running the football. I would say running the but football. It's like, you have Josh they, Allen, they, though. They, they did go trade for Naheem Hines today. Well, could like, be an upgrade. Could be yeah, an upgrade. We'll like, see it how it works. Pass catching back for him. Mm-hmm. I think they're try. I mean, that shows that they're at least trying to address the need. Mm-hmm. Because it is a need. They do need to improve that part of their game for sure because other teams you know, are more complete, more well-rounded. But they got talent and a lot of positions. They have, like you said, what could be the best quarterback in the game, the number one offense in the league, number one um, – could be number one defense, worst case number three yeah. defense in, in, in yeah. football. You know, they're, they're a top three defense. They're second in points per game, third in yards allowed per game. The only thing they don't do great is run the ball. It's the only thing they and don't like, do when right. When you throw the ball like they do, do you have to run the ball? They lead the league in passing yards. Their identity is throwing the football. Do they? That, yeah. As, as a team? Per, per Josh game. Allen. Per game. But not Josh Allen. But not Josh Allen. Oh. But, but per game. Oh, per game. Okay. Per game, the Bills they lead their pass back. yards. Yeah. So that's – there you go. There you go. Pass yards per game. They they lead the NFL in – that's their identity. It's, it's not running the football. It's throwing the ball. And they have Josh Allen, who is a dual-threat quarterback. They just made a trade, like we said. Hines, we'll see what, what kind of improvement impact he has. I have the Bills at number one as well. They've beaten Kansas City. They've yep. beaten the, they beat In week one, they beat the crap out of the Super Bowl champs, the Rams. They beat the Ravens, who's also another competent, good team. Beat I got the, beat the crap out of the Titans. The crap out of the Titans. Was, that wasn't even close. They're the best team in football for me, too, because I haven't seen enough to put someone else above them as well. So I got to put the Bills at one. Yeah, I agree. What about at number two? I'm going Kansas City at two, even though you know it was a bit of a debate. But like I said, I haven't seen enough to put them over Buffalo. They also lost to Buffalo just a week ago, a couple weeks ago, right? And the Chiefs have what could be the best, and it is the best coach-quarterback combo in the league. Andy Reid, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. No one else has two that kind of combo. Spots. No one else has that combo. No one. They're the number two offense. They have a deeper wide receiver group. They made a trade for uh, what's his name, Kadarius Tony, who mm-hmm. they gave up a third and a sixth. That is, you know, two picks for a guy who hasn't played much. I'm thinking they're seeing some real potential in this guy. They're saying we can buy this guy. And that's what Kadarius Tony is. He's a ball potential. No, I know what I'm saying. They they see it exactly. They see it, and I think, hey, who better? To, to get the most out of this guy than this group, than this quarterback, right? So I like that. Chiefs are number two for me. Yeah, I also went Kansas City at two. Not trying to disrespect the team that I think we And the quarterback-wise, right? Like, come on. I got Patrick yeah. Mahomes. No offense to Jalen Hurts, but. Yeah, not trying to disrespect the team that I'm sure we're both going to have at number three. Yeah. I, like This Kansas City team, I've just, I've seen it more. I've seen this team have deep playoff runs multiple of them i've seen patrick mahomes be unstoppable in january and that's really what matters so i also went kansas city too it was pretty close obviously i went philadelphia number three i could see an argument for them at one i think i could see an argument for them at two i think this top three is pretty clear Mm -hmm. what is philadelphia doing wrong I don't think Philadelphia is doing anything wrong. That's like the thing. I almost feel bad for putting them at number three. But like they're not doing anything wrong. It's the fact like they don't have a real weakness. They don't, unlike the Bills, where it's like, okay, the run game is the weakness. That's most well-rounded team. Yeah, the Eagles are the most well-rounded team. The only thing is experience. We've seen mm-hmm. it for seven games. 
And we've seen it for seven games. We've seen it for years with Patrick Mahomes, with, with Josh Allen, with the Bills, with the Chiefs. They and, are unproven. And, and I feel like the difference is one of those teams has Josh Allen. One of those teams is Patrick Mahomes. That's the unproven and, factor. Yeah, yeah J- Jalen Hurts has been great. He's not Patrick Mahomes. For Josh seven Allen. games. For seven games, he's been great. Like, and he's not even le- like leading the MVP conversation. Like, he's been very good, way better than we see. Like, he, like, yes, me, so, I, um, yeah. he's a franchise guy. You got your guy. Jalen yes. Hurts is your guy. Yes. I can officially say that without a doubt in my mind. Now, as a Cowboy fan, I don't look forward to facing Jalen Hurts twice a year going forward. I don't in that team. I'm not. But. You, you, we know, we know what we're saying. They're the most unproven team when you're looking at the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles. The Bills just went to the uh, what? Okay, they didn't go to the AFC title game. They did a couple of years ago, but they just went neck and neck with the Chiefs in the playoffs. And we continue to see them make the playoffs and be a top seed in the AFC. They have Josh Allen. They have a top a hater of the Bills, which I am not, would say they lost to the team that lost to the team that lost to the team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you could definitely say that. I would say he lost to Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He lost to Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't have the ball in overtime. Like, come on. There's a reason he lost that game. But, yeah, it's no diss at all to the Philadelphia Eagles putting them at three. They're, they're the third best offense in the league. They have, a, you know, their top ten in, in passing the ball and running the ball. They have a top five to top, you know, on elite a, a defense as well. Um, everywhere on that defense – Robert, you said Robert Quinn, you know, like just yeah, because they wanted to. An 18 and a half sacks. They felt like it. <laughs> they didn't need him because they felt like it, right? That's what they did. And this is a, a phenomenal roster, phenomenal team. Did just lose Jordan Davis, though. Yeah. But uh, they're 7 and 0. I'm not going to say they're going to lose this week because <laughs> of this the move. Texans? The Texans. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the Eagles, and uh, I got them at three. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the top three is pretty interchangeable. But what about at number four? At four, I am taking a look at what could be the most talented roster in the NFL. For strictly looking at rosters here, okay, we're strictly looking ro- talking roster. The 49ers, I got to put them at number four. I know it's been a bit of a roller coaster for them at times this year. We've seen some bad, like that opening week loss to the Bears. Um, you know, we've seen Trubisky, not Trubisky, yeah, Garoppolo kind of be hit or miss at times. But overall, you know, they're number one in yards allowed. They're loaded offensively. They just traded for what could be the best running back in football when he's when he's out there to a system as where it's like, okay, what system don't you want Christian McCaffrey going to? Probably the 49ers, if you're an opposing fan, right? That is probably the system you don't want. So he's going to the best system he could probably go to, the best coach he could probably have. They're loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. This guy threw, threw, caught, and ran in a touchdown last this past week. I got the Niners at four, man. I have to. Their defense to go along with that offense and all the pieces there. I got to think they're a top five team, 100%. I think. I don't have them in my top five because Garoppolo? I don't. Yeah. I mean, Garoppolo is the biggest part of, <laughs> like it's gotta be of the reason why, which is, as, which is as of late, like, yes, they beat the Rams on Sunday. The I'm Rams not taking yeah. the Rams don't look like they're anything. Special before that, they lost 
back-to-back games getting dogged at home by the Chiefs and then losing to the Falcons by two scores. Like, I don't think this 49ers team is, like, that much above. I'm taking the Cowboys at number four. Oh, talk to me about that. Okay, okay. Uh, I think their defense, whenever I watch them, I kind of think they're the best defense in the NFL. I kind of think that, too. And at times their secondary needs. I think, I think Micah Parsons is incredible. And this team was able to win a bunch of games with Cooper Rush, a quarterback. They have Dak Prescott coming back. Who's a pro bowler. He's a big quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big step up from Cooper Rush. This offense looks a lot better. I saw that game against Chicago. You saw 49 points. Yeah. 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 I saw it too. I think it's five. Like I think this say that. Yeah, so I think this I think this Cowboys team is dangerous. I was telling people today, I kind of think this Cowboys team might win the NFC, but don't tell anybody. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. But don't tell anybody that. Yeah, I don't know if I I can't tell anybody that, but don't tell me that. Certainly do not I don't want that kind Mm -hmm. of big head going on. Do not tell me that. But I got Dallas at five. Okay, I got the Niners at four because I think their roster is better, and they beat Dallas head-to-head with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback last season. So I got to give them a bit of a nod here just because, you know, I've been burned before, and I think they're even better now. So I got Dallas at five, but yes, yes. My, for me, we sneak into the top five. I think we're the best defense in football as well, but I'll put them at top three as well because I think there's three defenses, the Bills, the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles you can talk about as far as being the best defenses in football. We're right there. You know, we're talked about with the best of them. And uh, number one in sacks with 33 so far through eight games. They're top five in takeaways so far. They have, in my eyes, one of the most dynamic running back duos in football. When used correctly. One of them's not better than the other one. When used correctly. Yes, I agree. I've been saying this. Tony should have more reps than Zeke. It should be like a, a 50-50. This week, this week could not, not have shown that more. No, exactly. And, you know, Cowboy fans have been saying this for a, over yeah. a year now. Everyone's been saying it. Everyone, but guys who've been saying it. Guys who've been watching the Cowboys, saying, like, I feel like we've been saying Tony Pollard looks a little bit better than Zeke for a while now. You know, this has been a bit of a conversation, especially with Dallas for a while now. But that game for everyone in the entire who do didn't officially know it knew. Okay, this guy is their backup running back is not their number one, and he went out and had three touchdowns and a hundred and thirty something yards. Like he had an insane game. So they have those because plus Ezekiel Elliott, who is okay. What he does, and he's an he's an additional offensive lineman when he's out there. I think he's probably a better pass catcher even though Pollard is more dynamic with the ball in his hands so Zeke is a in the in, as far as getting two yards you know Zeke is that power back where you can kind of rely on him to you can take the hits you can wear down the defense then you have Pollard then to break that big run so they're the perfect dynamic duo they really are so and then and then they just got back their top 10 quarterback they just got back their top 10 quarterback dropping 49 points on going into Sunday was a top 10 defense in the NFL in Chicago Okay, so I'm feeling really good about my Dallas Cowboys as well, because like we talked about earlier during this first half, we said the NFC wide open. And I kind of like so bad. Chicago traded away their entire defense. (laughs) Exactly. man. I kind of like where I said, I think last week, where my Cowboys are right now. You know, we're not the favorite. The Eagles are seven and no one. You're not even the favorite in your own division right now. Let's keep it where it's at. 
this is a, a fantastic spot to be at for Dallas for the Dallas Cowboys. So I got I got Dallas at five. Who do you have? At five, I went Miami Dolphins at number five. They're Ooh. undefeated with two at quarterback or games that he's finished at least. Yeah, games that he's played the entirety. Yeah, yeah. They who's the only team to beat the Buffalo Bills? I think it's the yeah the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, the team you picked the team you picked it, at five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did we have the Bills ranked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Number one. Oh, so the only team, the only team to beat the number one team in the NFL. Yes. Can't leave them out of my top five. I get that. They just traded for Bradley Chubb. Huge addition to the defense. Big move. Needed. Much needed. Yeah. Yeah. I I think this Dolphins team is looking, looking scary. I like them. I I said, I think I was higher on them than you were coming to the year saying, did you, you, because remember we, neither one of us had them picking the playoffs originally. Mm. And then Mm. week one. I came in and said I forgot the Dolphins. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take anybody up, but I said I put the Dolphins in the playoffs too. So I kind of cheated. But by the way, it's a it's a very good team that got better, right? That got better. Yes, today they got better today. Tua, like you said, undefeated when he plays the entire game. I did not put them at five though, but they're coming up shortly for me. But I see your point, and I think they are a dangerous team in their offense. They're going to have two receivers have well over a thousand yards this year. They're going to have two receivers have well over a thousand. Tyree Kill is on scale to break the receiving record. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then Jalen Waddles, right? Then both guys are probably going to have like 1,200, 1,300 yards. You know, so it's at least. Tyree Kill's on track for over 2,000. Okay, he's on track. Let's see if he ends up getting He's on track. Yeah. Let's see if he ends up getting Let's see if they get When we get closer and closer, we could talk more about that. Where did you have Tyree Kill ranked? Did you receive? I had like five or something. I had like five, and you were like picking that apart. I remember so I didn't have him like because he's, leading the, because he's leading the league in receiving. That's why. Okay. Do you think he's the best running back? Or uh, not running back? He's, he almost is. Like, but still, is he's he the best a, receiver? No, he's not the best receiver in football. I, I, I don't know if I agree. I, I don't think really he's the best receiver. I know we're not going to get that. That's a whole other conversation. We're not going to dive into that right now, but they're going to, they have two great receivers. They upgraded. And I see why you have them at five. I have obviously my cat was at five moving on to six, the Vikings, the six and one Vikings. I also have the Vikings at six. I had them just one notch ahead. Miami um, one notch ahead of them. I think I had Miami. Yeah. at seven. But they just added Hawkinson to an already loaded offense. They're only lost this season. Oh, to the team that hasn't lost at all to anybody. Okay, they've won every single week. You can't blame them for losing to the only undefeated team in the NFL. That's their only loss. The streets are saying that was their only tough game, though. That's what the streets are saying. Okay, we're going to see because I think someone, it might be testing these Vikings this upcoming week. I think someone might be. So we'll see what the streets are exactly saying maybe in the second half of the show. But... They're the team to beat in the NFC North, and I got them at six. All right. I Like I said, I also have them at six. Like if they don't have Kirk Cousins playing quarterback. They're up there, they, then. Yeah, they, exactly. It might be higher, but Kirk Cousins wearing a chain, I may be changing my story. They might just go up. They're at six for me. They might go up to five. Just be, no, not, you know, Niners might go down. Cowboys go up and Vikings go up just because of that, like just because – just, Kirk just Cousins I, repping that like I'm in, just I'm in. icy, icy Kirk. Like I'm bought in 100. percent So they're your six as well. Who'd you have at seven? 
At seven, I went Baltimore Ravens. They just beat the Bucks in prime time. Could be a little bit of recency bias that I just, or maybe I'm trying to make the Bucks not seem as bad that they lost, lost to a to top seven team. team. I think the defense is going to figure it out. Uh, the defense hasn't looked great, but they played the Bucks pretty well in the second half. Everyone plays the Bucks well in the second half. Yeah. But I believe in Lamar Jackson enough to where I think leaving this team out of the top seven is crazy. I did have this team in the Super Bowl preseason. Yeah, you did. I don't have them at seven. I have the team that beat them at seven. Team you at five, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, the Dolphins at seven, loaded offensively, five and zero. Oh, like you said, when Tua plays, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Only you know, or one of the biggest weak spots of the team was getting to the quarterback. They go and get a player who does it at I would say a rather elite level. Great first year head coach so far. I got the Dolphins at seven. Okay, what about number eight? I got the Ravens, the team that okay. lost to the Dolphins. I had the Ravens right there at eight. Five and three, same thing as Miami. Um, I still think, you know, they got to get, and they didn't at, at the deadline. They got better at, at linebacker, but not at receiver. Um, they, they need help at receiver, though. I'm still going to keep saying this. They need some more receivers out there, even though they're five and three without, you know, without a legitimate number one out there. I still would love to see some more help at that position. Um, but added to their defense here at the trading deadline, going and getting Roquan Smith, that's big leads league in tackles, I believe. And Lamar seems to be getting back on track. He had a rough couple of weeks as to where kind of losing it for his team. Honestly, Lamar usually the team Playing the Bucks does that for you. Yeah, you, you, at least this season, yeah, it does. Or in years past, yeah, that usually does. But in a couple last couple of games, uh, he was kind of the reason they were losing in comparison to the last couple of years, him being the biggest reason they've had success. But don't sleep on Baltimore. I also think they might be, you know, turning a little bit of a corner. They're, they're a little bit of a rough, uh, rough drought they were, they were in. Getting a little bit better here. I got Baltimore at eight. At eight. I went San Francisco at eight. I think these top – because I think we have the same top eight teams, just a little bit in different order. I think My bottom two are a little feisty. <laughs> I, I think these uh, – so you have the clear top tier from one through three, and then I think four through eight is its own tier. And that's where I have the 49ers. I don't put them in that top tier of teams. Okay. And, and I've seen them lose to the Falcons and the Chiefs, like I said, back-to-back with you recently. I need to see them string together some wins here for me to raise them too high. But obviously this team is insanely talented. Yeah. I think they'll be showing you what you want to see coming up here soon. I personally I hope do. so. I do. I, yeah, I think so. At nine. Okay, so we said we have the same eight teams. At nine is where it gets interesting and where there are no rules. Okay, there are no rules for eight and nine. <laughs> Who are you feeling? Who's hot? What's the best story? What do you got at number eight? I oh, went sorry, number, sorry, number nine. Number nine. At number nine, I went with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they were the one seed in the AFC last year. And this is just kind of how the Titans work. You never really believe they're that good of a so team. boring. And then you just blink, and they're five and two. You exactly. know, like, yeah. and they're in contention for being, like, they could be tied for the one seed at the end of Sunday. This team is snuck up on everybody. Obviously, quarterback is a huge weakness. I think Malik Willis had a QBR of 4.5. How long is Tannehill out? 
Do you know? I haven't even checked that much. Yeah, I, I, I assume Tannehill will be back this week, but since he was a later rule that I think he was ruled out on Friday, right? right? So he's probably gonna, yeah. So he's probably practicing back by Sunday then, right? And so I think a lot of it was because he had an illness. He had a bad ankle and an illness. So I, assume, I assume at least the illness is over. Hope. Yeah, so. It's just crazy. They're five and two. Like they're not a top ten offense. They're not a top ten defense. They're never gonna win a pretty game. Just it's gonna be Derrick Henry leaning on you for four quarters. He's just he's he's tractor Cito, you know. Like he's he's the little tractor, and that's he's just gonna run you over repeatedly. They've like l- listen to their box scores: 17-10, 19-10. 21-17, 24-17. They win these low-scoring, kind of close games. But Mike Vrabel's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Going to win you those close games. Yeah. This is going straight off the cuff. I'm being real. I had a plan for 9-10. and 10. I, I'm going straight off the cuff for this one now, guys. Number nine, I'm going with Seattle. I'm going to go okay. with the Seattle Seahawks. I talked with Tanner a bit off the mic, and he made some great points. Now that they, they – Really coming up in my mind here. I got Seattle at nine. What a story. We had them winning. What, they have four wins, I think, so far this year. I think we had them winning four, five, six all season. Yeah, I right? don't even know if it was that many. Right, I right. I had them winning three games, maybe. We did not expect anything from Geno Smith and from this team, especially yeah. off, on both sides, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. We did not yeah, expect yeah, their, much. The rookie class on defense has been incredible. And then yes. Geno yes. Smith has just played – out of the world, like, he's like, been a top ten quarterback this season. He's been a top yeah, ten quarterback sure. this season, hundred percent. Like, who foresaw this coming? Just the besides Geno Smith, Smith Besides Geno, I don't know. Pete, I bet you know, who, you know who? Oh. Pete Carroll. You know what Pete Carroll? A guy is? we were writing off, man. He's this is now. I may be a little premature, like with it, the with the yeah. Geno Smith news, but this is a guy who's on track to make two hard, hard quarterback choices in roster construction in his career. They paid Matt Flynn in his first year, and they drafted Russell Wilson in the fourth round, and they decided to start Russell Wilson over him because he just looked like he was better. Ended up being the right move. They won a Super Bowl out of it. Right. And they trade for Drew Locke in the Russell Wilson trade. Everyone thinks he's the younger quarterback, higher upside. He's going to start. Right. they They say no. We're going to Geno Smith. He's the better quarterback right now. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, that's it's it's. I don't want to say it's the story. It's that it's. There's a few. Stories. They're my number like, ten. That's up there. Yeah, I got to put him in there. And I was gonna go New York. I was gonna go with the Giants, but they did just beat the Giants. Even though I think you know they are up there for the two best stories in the league this year. For some reason, I'm getting this the Seattle fever coming over. And I'm like, hey, I gotta go. I gotta go with the Seahawks here. And I'm like urged. To go Seattle at nine, so I gotta do it. I got Seattle at nine. I cannot believe they are leading. Yeah, they're leading their division at this point. Yeah, in time. yeah, in, the, in their division that has. Yeah, who's in their division, Tanner? Tell who's in their division. The Super Bowl champion Rams. Oh yeah, yeah, right. The team that we talk about as being loaded, one of the most talented teams, the 49ers. I had them at four. The Cardinals in their up, yeah, all, right. like they're young, they're, yeah, exactly. Super high paid quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Who's leading that division? Geno Smith. Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, and the Seattle Seahawks. Did not see that coming. So I 
with the story. You know me. I love a good story. You know me. I put them at number nine. And at number 10, I'm going with the Giants at 10. I did a bit of a little bit of a you know, switch there. I mean, I did leave off Tennessee because Tennessee is so boring, dude. So damn boring. I, I can't bring myself to put them on this list. The Giants are a great story. The Seahawks are a great story. I'm not bothering myself with the Tennessee Titans. But the Giants, like I said, same thing with Tennessee. Though. Like The Giants aren't a top, neither of the Seahawks, so all three of these teams we're talking about. The Giants are not a top 10 roster. You no, know, like they, they are just not a top 10 roster, but they're playing hard. They're playing inspired football. Saquon Barkley is on a tear. Daniel Jones is playing the best football of his career. Absolutely. I got the Giants at 10. Yeah, I think the Giants probably would have been my 11th team. I did think about them. I was between them and the Seahawks at 10, but I just saw the Seahawks kind of kick the crap out of the yeah, right. Giants. Yeah. So I was like, I can't put the Giants ahead of them. Right. No, I get that. I was debating that as well, but that's a yeah, game wasn't even too close. But the two great stories, the Giants are six and two. And how about the NFC East? We talked about this a little bit ago, like a week ago or a couple weeks ago. I think it's officially the NFC beast. <laughs> I think it's official because every team is five hundred or above. Everything yeah, is five hundred. As above. much as you want to hate on the commanders, they're five hundred. They have a better record than the Bucks. Yeah, better four record four. Than the Rams. They just went on a three game win streak. You know, like they're hot right now. They're they're hot right now. They're rolling and they're full. They're trying to make a playoff push. They which is possible, which is definitely possible. I'm not gonna say it's likely, weird. but I'm not gonna say yeah, it's so weird. So it's 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 crazy. We're at a great point in the NFL season. It's so it's and it's so not like okay, it's the Bucks and the Chiefs. It's not mm-hmm. that way anymore. It's really not like I have no idea. I have a general knowledge, but no idea who's gonna come out of the NFC. And I, have the, a- I have no idea who's going to come out of either conference. And in the AFC, you know, you would think it's going to be the Bills or the Chiefs, but last year the Cincinnati Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I think it looked like those were the top two teams last year, and then neither one made it. All right, so I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait for seven, eight weeks from now. We're getting to the playoffs. Can't believe we're already seven, eight, you know, eight weeks into the nfl season but those are our top 10 teams let us know where we got it right where we got it wrong the only discrepancy was i had new york on the the giants on my list and you had tennessee yep that was the only difference as far as team wise we had obviously a different uh different order there but those are our top 10 teams let us know where we had it right where we had it wrong tanner i say we take a break and then it is time for your favorite segment in dudes history yeah, that's what I said. Not, not looking forward to it. All right, so take a quick break. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Right back with Picks of the Week. Don't go anywhere. All right, and welcome back. Like we said in the first half of the show, let's transition, talk about Tanner's favorite subject on planet Earth that is picks, at least currently. <laughs> he loves it when he's on top, not so much on the other end. Can't blame him. Picks of the week, my friend. I'll start we'll start things out with me. No problem. I went three and one last week. I am now 14 and 14 on the year, sitting right at 500. Not thrilled, but I am content with where I am. My friend. I Went one and three last week. I am eleven and seventeen. I have decided that the Bucks' success is directly linked 
to my success in not only picks of the week, but life. Life. But life. It's like you had that one year. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like it has peaked and now I'm just doomed for the rest of time. Oh you know, I'm just gonna God. pick like I I'll probably just go 0 and 4 this week. I maybe I should just try throwing darts at a board or something. I think you should, or just like scroll and then boom, put your finger on one or, or I can simply tell you the picks that I'm doing. And then you could do those too. And then like we could I was pulling your chain now. Let's let's get to it, my friend. Let's get to it and the comeback. I'm speaking into fruition starts now for both of us. Neither one of us are above 500 over under favorite underdog is what we're looking at over is the first thing we look at. What are you looking at my friend this week for your over? I went dolphins bears 45 and a half. We just saw this bears team score 29 against the Cowboys defense, who I think is, better than this Dolphins defense. Yeah. And we just saw this Bears team give up 49 points to a Cowboys offense that I don't know if they're as good as this Miami offense. Yeah. So I think judging from what I think judging from what I saw last week, the Dolphins undefeated with Tua. I'm thinking they win this game something like 35-24. You got a lot of points getting dropped in this one, then. Definitely taking the over. Okay, I'm looking at the Vikings and the Commanders. Okay, Vikings and the Commanders. 43 and a half is the line as we speak. Kirk Cousins' revenge game. I'm not sure if he's already played Washington. I would probably. I would bet that he probably has. Uh, I'm still calling it his revenge game. <laughs> okay, I'm calling it the Kirk Cousins' revenge game. The uh, And the Vikings have one of the most talented offenses in all of football. Neither defense is great, right? Neither defense is great. Commanders have at times shown up, and the Vikings maybe at times that both teams have let up some points. I think Heineke can put up 20-ish. Vikings can definitely put up 25-plus. I got over 43.5 for the Vikings and the Commanders. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I think we've seen good things out of both these offenses lately that – Leads you to think this game's going to be entertaining, most entertaining games, having 143 points in them. What about under? Okay. I, you're either going to like it or hate it. Okay. Right. I got the Rams Bucks under 42 and a half. Two, two struggling offenses. I don't love it. It's a little bit of a low number. I would have loved like a 44. I would have loved a 44, even like a 45 all day. I'm taking under on that. But just my confidence as to why this is going to be. I think it's, it should be a low-scoring game. Two struggling offenses, two defenses that are capable, that are definitely capable, I would say. Not playing up to their level right now, but definitely capable. I'm not really sure what to expect, but I'm not expecting a high-scoring matchup, a high-scoring shootout here. So I'm going to take the under because I see Rams Buck, Bucks playing, and I'm not expecting too many points. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. This is the ultimate loser leaves town game. Huge. Both game, these dude. teams struggling. Loser of this game. Ah, their season's in a tough spot. Over? Winner of this game. Winner of this game. I think they walk away thinking we still got a we still got a uh, a fight in this NFC. 
Mm-hmm. We still got a lot of time left, half the season left, right? And right, there's room to improve. So I, I like that. Uh, I who, who do you think wins this game? That's Just what I'm thinking right the- now. I'm trying to think. I I honestly kind of think Tampa should win this. I think this is a Me comeback too. spot. You beat the Rams, who beat you in the playoffs. The divorce is finalized. The, <laughs> the divorce is done. Okay, I don't know who's getting the kids. I know they're not wearing proper shoe wear while going trick or treating. I know that for sure. But I don't know who's getting. It's final though. We saw Tom Brady come out and say, "Yeah, it is." We saw. What's his name? Shefty coming out and, and posting. Shefty dropping divorce news. Oh, I, I can't stand that individual. But either way, he's out there and it's done. And hopefully he can focus on the game. But Tanner, you know, it's all he's been thinking about. And you know, it's all he's going to be thinking about, even though it's public now. We've all known it's been public for a month. Okay, we've known this has been out there for a long time now. There's only confirms okay yeah everyone isn't hasn't been lying we haven't seen you wearing your wedding ring for like weeks tom like we know things aren't great <laughs> right now at home for you hopefully though you're right hopefully you can just focus on football hopefully that's that's out of the equation and now turn this season around but from what i've seen so far just it's not even just tom like the whole is the whole roster af- affected from the divorce is that what's happening like are they all just so upset? <laughs> Is that what is that what it I is? mean? I, I really do think they miss the people that left drastically. They miss Bruce Arians. They miss Ali Marpet. They miss Rob Gronkowski. Oh, heck yeah! They, they miss do. the Dominicans. Yeah. They miss Jason Pierre Paul. Like those are all guys that if they were on our team right now, they would be playing huge roles. Leaders too, you could yeah. say, like big in locker room wise on the team. Yeah. Yeah, man, I understand that. Bruce, there's still a possibility for a comeback. That, yeah. That is still a possibility. I, 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 hope not... he, I hope he does. No, you are rooting for a firing at this point? You can't, demote him. You can't demote him. You're not going to put him back to his old job. It's been filled. You can't demote the guy. Like, he's gone. It's either he's out of the Bucks organization or he's your head coach. Like, you have to make that decision now. I think they're struggling with that too. You know, I think they're struggling with that exact question right there. Do we want to lose this guy forever or is he our guy? Exactly. It's hard. If, 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 if the Bucks lose this game, I just like can't. Oh, if they lose this game, dude. I, season I, 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 I can't over. imagine what the future looks like. It's you know? over and they're pretty upset that the trading deadline just passed because I'm sure they want to unload some stuff if they knew they would be three and six paying all that money. They yeah. would. They were wishing the trading deadline was a week later. If they lose this game is my is my thought process on it. Let's move on. That is the game. We'll get to the game of the week and stuff like that later, though. Maybe we'll talk more about it. Favorite. Favorite, a team that is favored to win this week, and you like it where it's at, the line. You like it where it's at. What do you like? Did I talk about my under? Did you not? Seahawks Cardinals? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was saying I was like, I'm pretty sure I got skipped. I was trying to help you. No pick. <laughs> Means no loss. <laughs> uh, I was trying to help okay. you. Okay, so I went Seahawks Cardinals 50 and a half. I think 50 just seems like a lot That's a of high points. number, dude. That's a lot a of points number. for a Seahawks team that is in the last three weeks has played pretty lights out defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Arizona offense has its issues, the Seahawks offense has its limitations. 
No. 50 and a half seems like a lot. Hey, I took the under. I'm just saying, on a Seahawks game earlier this year, they're about 100 points. They're they're about 100 points scored in that game. (laughs) Okay, so I'm done taking the under on Seahawks games. Let me just tell you that right now. But I see where you're coming from. Let me just say that. I I see where you're coming from. And that was the one I was going to pick if I didn't do Rams-Bucks. I was doing that because 50 points is so high. When you take an under – I see a 50. I'm going to take that one, too. So I, I like it. And their defense has – how bad it was last year. It's like, okay, maybe they had a great draft class and they do know how to draft defense. Russell Wilson maybe. was corrupting the defense as well. Yeah, he was just affecting the entire the entire roster on both sides, apparently. I'm looking at the Dolphins this weekend. Okay, they just made some nice moves. You had them at a top five team in the NFL. I got them top ten. They're favored by four and a half against the Bears. Like I said, I love their moves. Two is healthy. When he plays the whole game, he's he hasn't lost this season, right? He hasn't lost. The Dolphins hasn't, haven't lost. And I don't think they're going to play down to their competition here. Okay, I think they're going to try and show everyone after this big move, after these big, after, I guess, the big move. I'm not going to say these big moves because Wilson isn't that big a move at all, but it could be. Who knows? I think... Four and a half points. The Dolphins are winning this game by five at least. I'm saying five at least. So I got the Dolphins minus four and a half against Chicago. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think the Chicago team is a little frisky, but the Dolphins. That was the only thing I was a little nervous. They are a little frisky, but I think the Dolphins are better, right? They should win by at least five. The Dolphins are more than five points better than the Bears. You would think. You would think. Yeah. Where's, Where's the game at? Is it in Chicago? I think it's in Chicago. Hmm. I think it's in Chicago. I'm not 100% changing my mind, but I don't know. I got the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins this weekend. And since they are favored by four and a half and Chicago's playing that well, maybe they are at home. Maybe they are at home. I'm not sure. Four and a half. Uh, But if they're at home, you would think that line would probably be seven. You'd think that line would probably be like six or seven if they're at home. Unless they're really valuing Chicago there. But you would think at home they'd be favored by more than four points against Chicago. I'm not sure. That's that's what I would think. But that's my favorite for the week. I got the Dolphins beating the Bears by a touchdown, though. No matter – it could be in London. It could be in Miami. It could be in Chicago. It could be – It's in Chicago. Yeah, okay. That Yeah, that's what I thought. Because four and a half, if they were home, you'd think that would be a touchdown at least, right? Mm-hmm. So, I All got right, Miami, so, though. Moving so, on. Those are what's so, your favorite. So for my favorite, I went with the Ravens minus three against the Saints. Saints Monday, Monday night, Monday yeah. night football. Close your eyes, Andy Dalton, Mark <laughs> Jackson. Who wins that game? The Ravens. If they win the game, it's probably by more than three. Yeah, I gotta take the Ravens. Yeah, they shouldn't be hanging around with the Saints. The Ravens should not be hanging around with. Even though the Saints did just shut out the Raiders. Uh, um, and, my, and it is the dome in a night game, which is a real home field advantage. But I just can't. Yeah, it is. Where Andy Dalton beats Lamar Jackson in prime time. Yeah, I I like that pick as well. So speaking of the team, the Saints just beat. Give me the Saints. My underdog this week is purely, purely out of spite. Purely out of spite. I I don't. Love this that I'm going to pick. I'm not saying everyone go bet this number. The other three I do love. This one's out of spite. I got the Jaguars plus one and a half against the Raiders. Tanner, 
I am like almost sick to my stomach after thinking or thinking about what happened to the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. They scored the exact same amount of points as you and I this weekend. The exact same as you and me sitting on our couches. Yeah. Zero. They, they, they scored zero against the Saints this past weekend. They, so they lost first downs with their first team offense on the field. Devontae Adams, I think, had one catch for three yards. I am done on the Raiders. No longer mine. They are yours. They are your Raiders. No longer mine. You got them in the divorce <laughs> or uh, whatever the case may be. I'm out. They're yours. I got the Jaguars purely out of spite, plus one and a half. And hey, they're two of six. They're two and six. They're due. The Jags are due a win. And when they do beat the Raiders, McDaniels, we're talking about him getting fired. That's that's the underdog this week. I, you, you can't fire coaches back-to-back years midway through the year, right? You can't go two and what would they be? They would be two I don't seven. care. I, I feel like they you can't go, go two and seven with this They go two and 15 and Josh McDaniels stays the whole, the whole season. I think maybe out of pride that happens. But if that was me, I would say after a guy goes two and seven with this roster and the offense looks terrible and you have all these offensive weapons and you couldn't even score a point, you're getting fired. You're, you might, for me, you might get fired after that game. If you score zero points, you might be getting fired <laughs> after that game. If you're me, that's absolutely ridiculous. I'm done on the Raiders. What's your underdog? My underdog, I went Washington Commanders <laughs> plus Manders. three and a half against <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. I think the game is in Washington. It's in Washington, yeah. It's a you know, that field, someone could get hurt, you know. I don't know. I need any chance of a win here. And I got the under on that. I, mean, I got the over. I had the over on that. I'm sorry. I had the over on that. So I think some points are going to be scored there. Yeah. And Taylor Heineke, late game, he might do something. I feel like yeah, the Heineke Vikings. Is Vikings wins in that system, okay. I think. So the Vikings, while yeah. I think they are a good team. Yeah. But they're six and one. I think they're due for a loss. I think a road game against the Commanders makes sense. They. The Commanders roll four straight, though. You think Manners roll four straight? That's the biggest question. I don't, they roll four straight. I mean, but the Vikings got the Bills a week later. Could be a letdown spot. I think over, they're looking. Over, overlooking the commanders. Okay, okay. But revenge game I, for me. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Kirk Cousins goes back there. He wants to. I like the Vikings. And I, I know the commanders. but I, And that's why I do give them a chance because Taylor Heineke's playing. And I prefer Heineke in I do. If that was me, I would be a little more nervous what facing the Cowboys with Taylor Heineke playing than I would with Carson Wentz. That is just my personal Taylor Heineke opinion. almost beat almost beat the Bucks. He covered that Bucks game. Yeah, heck yeah, he did. He he remember that game in the regular season. Heck yeah, he did. So that's that's maybe it's a bit of a long shot there, but I like Taylor Heineke in that system better. So I, I could see a world, but I, I would be taking Minnesota if it was me. What is your game of the week? Game of the week is tough because if you look at the records, I think the game the game of the week tells you that it's Titans Chiefs. Yes, uh, winner of that game, I think, is probably comes out as the. At least they're tied for the number one for yeah. number spot in the AFC, right? With the Bills, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. If if the Bills were to lose, they were to lose, team, of course. Yes, unless they win. Be, yeah, this team would be tied with them for the lead. 
I also don't think the Bills are going to lose. I'm just going to say that. Play no. the but I don't think that's the game of the week because I think most people think the Chiefs are going to win that game. I'm not. Yeah, I got the Chiefs. I almost like 12 and a half is a bit of a big line, but I still think the Chiefs could cover that. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. I think the game of the week is Bucks Rams because, like we talked earlier, it really is like a loser leaves town game. Like the loser, they gotta quit. They gotta leave town, start over, punt on the season. And like, both teams are paying so much money to to star players, and it's like, man, neither looks good right now on either side of the ball. I mean, the Bucks look good, you know, good defensively, but recently it hasn't been great. Yeah, as it recently, it really hasn't been. It is the game of the week, though, because this is who is turning their season around. Who is turning their season around? Whoever wins this game, I think that's the answer. Because I think there's yeah, one of these two teams. I don't know if both of these teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't. The NFC is so open that you know they could, but I don't know if both these teams are going to make it. Whoever wins, I'm going to bet that they do. That, yeah. that's, how, that's how I feel. That's how I feel as well. Yeah, so that's game of the week. Bucks Rams. Was that a three o'clock game? What's that? Three it's o'clock. The, uh, yeah, it's. A, I think it's America's game of the week. So America's be, game of the week. There you go, y'all. Make sure you tune in. Roma? I would think it's like three twenty-five or four. Wherever yeah, you sure are. it should be the Romo game. I would think. Oh yeah, the Romo game. Yeah, yeah. Facts. But we'll see if it's on CBS. It is. Or it could C- be on. It is sure. on CBS. I'm pretty sure. I checked. If CBS. Then you get Tony. Yeah. If not. Be nice to have Tony call that. Yeah, game. it is CBS. Okay, Nance and Romo would be a nice call on that one. Okay, cool. So that's our picks of the week. Tanner's hoping for at least a two and two. Me yeah, too. I'm, we're hoping for yeah. neutral and above here. Neutral and above every week. That's what we're shooting Root, for. Yeah, rooting for dubs and picks of the week. And man, the Bucks need to beat the Rams. It's yes, yeah, uh, do or die almost for you guys. It really is. It's a must win. Even though the past couple weeks have, it's like okay, three and six. You can't fall to three and six. Can't do it. Let's move on though and talk about another league that has gone zero days since being unnecessarily dramatic. <laughs> okay, we have gone this many days <laughs> since the NBA has been unnecessarily so dramatic. How about those Brooklyn Nets? How about those Brooklyn Nets parting ways with Steve Nash? Okay, so as a guy, you know, you're, you know, we're both in on the Nets, but you're in the same conference. The Bucs have played them. What was your thought process seeing this as a Bucs fan? I thought it was kind of a nothing news because what was Steve, what was Steve Nash really doing in the first place? I don't I think, tell you. I don't really think the problems for this team are the coaching or is the coaching, but I guess if you think it is, it helps. Probably you can probably get somebody in there that's better at X's and O's than him. But yeah, hundred percent. I I, th- I still don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is they have three of the most dramatic players of all time on their team. I still think Steve Nash, not that it was his fault that it didn't work, but he did not help his case like coaching was an issue like if they if they had in my opinion if they had the right coach if they had a mighty and even a mighty and tony who was their assistant coach their first she was steve nash i thought he should have been their guy for head coach they should have went out he's coached stars before one of the best offensive minds in recent times in the nba 
Sometimes his analytic, analytics can kill you and can kill his team, but he got the Rockets to multiple conference finals to, you know, playing in big games, number one seeds in the Western Conference. He can coach, okay? He can coach, and he can coach offensive players. He can get the most out of offensive players in an offensive-based system, driven system, and I think he was the answer. He was the answer for me. They went and got Steve Nash as a guy who isn't going to talk much, who isn't going to take much control, but of a control guy who they can, not a puppet, guy they can kind of control. He's not going to do much. You just said it earlier. You don't know what Steve Nash even did. Neither do I. Neither do I. I have no idea what his role was on this team besides being labeled as the head coach. He was labeled as the head coach. We heard Kyrie saying a couple years ago, I could be the head coach sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. Kevin's going to be the head coach. <laughs> okay. Let me just put that out there. So, but, but, but my initial reaction, though, was poor Steve Nash. Poor Steve Nash because he was never in the loop. Okay. He was never in the loop with anything they were doing upstairs, making moves wise. He never had 100% a healthy roster. And he had to deal constantly with Kyrie and Kevin Durant's drama, okay? And that's a very easy, nice word for me to use is drama, okay? I could use many other words here. Drama, I'll be nice and just say drama. So that was my first reaction. Man, he never really had a fair chance. But then I thought this, man, it's a, to quote the great LeBron James, it's about damn time. (laughs) He got fired, man. It is. Like, it, is, it does just seem weird eight games into the season. You know, it should have been after last year. You know, okay, it should have been he never got hired in the first place. But, you know, after that game seven loss to Milwaukee, you can see he had no imprint on that game whatsoever. It was give the ball to Kevin Durant and hope he makes his next fall away, fade away jumper. That's what that game plan was. And it nearly worked out for him. Okay, they were one shot away and nearly worked out for him, but it didn't. I saw right there, Steve Nash is not a head coach, is not a head coach in the NBA yet. Yet. Maybe they saw potential, right? So maybe I get not letting him go. But at the very latest, after last season, you get swept by the Celtics. You fire your two-year head coach who doesn't know what he's doing, who doesn't do anything out there. You fire. As a competent organization, you, you get a new coach in there with all these talented guys to try and make it work. They didn't do that. So it's about time they did. I don't know why he was hired, but I couldn't tell you what he did, and I couldn't tell you what is like offensive system was like Steve Kerr is movement <laughs> like movement right Steve Kerr they're moving the ball in the Warriors the Rocket I think I said Mikey and Tony earlier it was shooting threes going on the perimeter shooting threes right what does Steve Nash do besides here Kyrie here Kevin Durant please bail me out please make this shot and then and then you remember him at that one game just hugging Kevin Durant like he's his dad <laughs> like oh my god thank you so much for saving me you know hey hey Oh my gosh. Like, like I, I hate to beat this guy up while he's down, but I think this is a phenomenal thing for Steve Nash. Get the heck away from that organization, from those people. If he wants to continue coaching, go be an assistant with the Warriors, with, a, with, with the Spurs. Go learn from a legitimate coach if, if that is really where you want to go. I don't think so. I don't think it's what he wants to do. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Steve Nash coaching again in the NBA. I think he might have learned his lesson personally. And guys I'm looking at now are Quinn Snyder, Mark Jackson, and Mike D'Antoni, even though I don't think any one of those guys are going to get looked at or talked to. Because you know who is getting hired in Brooklyn is the Ime Udoka. Same, 
Yeah, the same guy who, who was their who was their assistant coach a couple years ago, last mm-hmm. year before he got hired, so they know him. So maybe they feel like this isn't the guy they knew before. Maybe this isn't the guy they know. Whatever the case may be, maybe they're taking a chance on him because they feel like they know him better. But what a perfect <laughs> okay. I, I'm speaking ironically and you know comedically here, but like what a perfect hire to a dumpster fire of a team right now. Then a I guy. Then a guy who has nothing but scandals surrounding him and is suspended from his team. Yeah, but like, we don't know why. why. We don't know why. It's that bad. They don't want the information released. They will not allow it to be released. Or it's not that bad, so they're not releasing it. I feel like if it was not that bad, you don't suspend your head coach that just went to the NBA Finals with the Boston Celtics, a, a team that you've been waiting and waiting to get back over the hump to get back to the finals, and he does it. You're two games away from winning it, and you suspend him? If it's not that bad, Tanner. I'm saying, I don't know, but I'm guessing, my guessing, I hate to speculate, but a guy like yeah, Matt Barnes, no, a, guy, a guy like Matt Barnes, I think it, it, that's all we know. All we know is, is where I'm taking my thing from is Matt Barnes. I can be 100% honest. The, the day the news came out, he's saying, let's give Udoka a break. We don't know all the information. I was 100% there. I was right there with him. Let's not jump to conclusions here. And then the next day, he's on Instagram Live, Twitter Live, whatever, and he's saying, man, I just talked to someone in the organization, someone who knows what's going on. I take back what I said. What he did was 100% wrong. And, man, the world is going to go nuts when they find out what happens. He literally said, I guess people are going to go nuts when they find out what he did. So, all I'm saying, though, from what I've heard, I think it must have been it must have been something pretty unforgivable almost or something as where it's like we're not comfortable having him around anymore, kind of, is, is the vibe I got. And they're willing to let their head, their, their head coach talk and walk. They said – the Celtics are fine with Udoka going to the Brooklyn Nets after he just took him to the finals. I just feel like something fishy is going on here. Like, like, why are they so willing to part ways with such a great coach, it seems? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's something, sense. There's something along. I mean, uh, there's something that beyond, we don't know. Beyond the, yeah, beyond the realm of what we know. Yes, there's got to be. But I'm not going to speculate on. And I respect gonna, that. Yeah, I get that. I'm going to talk about what I do know, and I know that Udoka is a good coach. He just took Boston Celtics to the championship Very in his coach. in his first season as a coach, and there he's going to a team that I think needs a they good need exactly coach. Exactly what he did with Boston. Like they had a good group, but they couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. That's exactly what Boston needs. So on the court, strictly from a basketball point of view. I think it makes a lot of sense too. I do. I think, and defensively, what's the one thing, or, or like, what's the one part of the Nets games that they've been lacking? Defense. Defense. And, and what's well, the, what's thing? Defense. defense, bro. Like, and they still had a great offense last year too. It's not like he can't run an offense. So if we're strictly talking basketball here, this is a home run of a high. I got that's that's phenomenal. But I just don't know what's coming along with it. Is my thing. I just don't know what's coming along with the ride. Yeah, obviously, if there's something more that gets released. I will like Boston is a smart organization, team. you know. Like they're smart. Yeah, I I like to think they are, and I like to think they are also a little lenient with some things that they shouldn't maybe be lenient on with times. And it's like they're they're being real strict here. That's my point. That's my two cents. 
Seems like he's going to be the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, though. Ime, Ime Udoka is probably going to be the next head coach, and good for the Nets, though, as far as on the on the on the court wise. Like I said, off the court, I don't know. I don't know what. I think those press conferences are going to be insane. They're going to be insane with Kyrie Irving. All the stuff that's floating around about him right now. I'm not going to dive into that because I don't want to. Kevin Durant, who just asked for a trade this offseason. You have Ben Simmons. And then you got what, what he's got off the court. These press conferences, these reporters, I'm almost jealous because they are going to get to ask like the best questions, the juiciest questions like there are out there. So like the reporters are in for a heyday. They're in for a good time and a bad time at the same time because we're going to, you know, <laughs> those, those, those guys are not going to want to answer those questions. But man, it's good. If they weren't a TV show and you know, a best-selling, you know, must-watch as far as just drama, they are, you know, they definitely even are now. Like they just fire their head coach, bringing another guy in who has questions as far as off the court. It's nuts. But if it was me, I look at Quinn Snyder, who is, who, you know, he basically keep doing what you're doing. He's not a defensive guy, but he's gonna improve your offense, and more than likely, he's gonna get an offensive system the guys like, right? So if you want to get better at what you're already good at, go with Quinn Snyder. If you want to, you know, same thing with Mike and Tony. But if you want something different here, change the culture, or I don't know, change the culture, good or bad way, uh, change your game style. I would say how you play on the court. Udoka might be the right hire here. The NBA is so fascinating and has the best storylines. Only one undefeated team. Only one undefeated team. And it is the Milwaukee Bucks who haven't had their second best player at all. Chris Milton hasn't played yet this year. Yeah, Chris Milton hasn't played and still 6-0. There's a reason we picked them to win the East. Giannis Antetokounmpo is is like 90% of it. Yeah, he's good at basketball. He's pretty pretty freaking good. That's about it, though, for today's show. Tanner is really hoping for a big win for his Bucks, some big wins and picks of the week. I'm looking just to kind of stay quiet, stay where I'm at, you know, keep going, keep Dallas kind of bit as, as an underdog. And my Warriors just dropped a three and five with a loss to the Heat. These carrying calls are getting out of hand, Tanner. Jordan Poole did <laughs> not carry the ball three times in that game. That is a load. Ah, great time to be a sports fan, though. World Series going on right now. The Phillies were looking like they were going to take a 2-1 lead, right? And that was back. Was yeah, that back in Philly? Are they back in Philly right now? Um, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I think they played the next three in Philly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the Phillies won seven zero, so they're up two one. They're up two one. So, you're if you're a baseball fan, man, it doesn't get better than that. You're in the World Series, right? So, go follow us on Twitter if you want to continue to be up to date with everything going on in sports. Dudes talking underscore pond on Instagram. Dudes underscore talking underscore sports. Leave us a comment, review, a rating, whatever the platform you're listening on allows you to do. We would appreciate any feedback. It would be greatly appreciated, like I said. But Tanner, how are you feeling going into this week? Optimistic? Mm, nervous. All right, nerves are good for you to keep you on edge a little bit, keep you on your toes. Yeah, we'll, yes. keep, we'll keep Tanner on his toes this week, guys. Either way, thanks for tuning in. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. All right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports.
I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File. that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. 